Welcome to Mother, the show where we can explore our inner mothers to actualize our greatest selves through interviews with incredible guests, live coaching sessions, and my own experiences. We're going to dive deep into embracing feminine values and reparenting ourselves. So be prepared to show up, hold space, and be mothered in a way you never have before, but have always needed. It's time to rewrite the mother code. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of Rewrite the Mother Code with me, your host, Dr. Gertrude Lyons. And I am so thrilled to have Elizabeth Toison as my guest today. And obviously, you're going to hear all about her and all her particulars, but I wanted to share a little bit about how this came about, that we are going to do a series with her. So Elizabeth is giving birth in August, and I have had the privilege and honor to be her coach way back. You know, this is kind of one of my favorite coaching scenarios, right? We were coaching and life coaching just about her and a little ways into our coaching, she said that she and her partner were starting to talk about possibly having a child. I've been able to be with her through her whole journey of that conversation and what that means and how do I have that, you know, as consciously as possible and really went right into, you know, the rewrite the mother code model of exploring, discerning, asking some of the hard questions. And she has just been in it, you know, fully in that regard all the way through. So there've been lots of choices along the way and, and lots of depth and turning herself inside out through this journey and process. And in a recent coaching session, we decided to do breath work. And I, I love when I do in-person where we can do dynamic breath work work. And I added sound healing to it because I have a beautiful set of singing bowls and just adding that resonance and the healing sound and power to our work for some of our sessions was really beautiful and really moving for both of us. So we are going to have Elizabeth on for a series. So once a month, we're going to check in with her. This one will be kind of getting us kicked off, hearing some of what she's been up to and some of the experiences she's been having. And then we'll get to keep building on it and keep hearing from her and seeing what she's up against. So I hope you're as excited about, you know, this potential and possibility as I am. And then just to note that we will all, it's perfect timing for me because I like mentioning, and you'll probably be hearing it even more and more, how I'm really in the uh, experience of conceiving and creating my book, Rewrite the Mother Code. So we're co-journeying on the, in this aspect. And I am very glad to have this framework to be going through this process for myself as well. So without further ado, let's hop into this episode. Well, I am so excited to be sitting here and starting kicking off this series with Elizabeth Toison. Elizabeth, thank you so much for agreeing to this and being part of what I'm sharing on Rewrite the Mother Code. But from your perspective and your journey, I know it's going to be so inspiring. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Gertrude. It's an honor to be here. Yay. So Elizabeth and I know each other on several layers and levels. We have worked together where I've got to see her after I share some of her credentials and stuff. I've seen her in action in all these in many of these aspects, and that's been wonderful. I've also coached and am, am currently coaching you in your growth and development process that's part of kind of a, a bigger umbrella where you're really deep diving into yourself and your work. And I'm sure that'll come up and we could talk about it. But And then just knowing you as a person and ways that, different ways I've gotten to know you. You're uh, just a beautiful, amazing, wonderful woman and individual. So I'm going to give some particulars, but I think those are some of the more important particulars <laughs> from my opinion. Okay. But let's hear a little bit just about Elizabeth in your life, in your world. So Elizabeth is a professional performing artist, teacher, and director in music and dance. 
with a degree and decades of experience in that field. She's also a professional life coach. She is PCC certified with the International Coaching Federation and has been on her deep journey, which I think is one of the most important credentials in the coaching realm, is if you're doing your own work, which I know you are, and I know I know that very much. She also directs designs and manages curriculum. She has this just beautiful gift around wrapping her heart and mind around curriculum, and particularly in the social-emotional intelligence and human emergence arena. So big kudos there. And I think by the time this first one airs, actually your pole dance competition is going to be over. So we'll get to celebrate with you, but I'm still going to name it that on Saturday, May 27th, because we're recording this before that date live in Chicago. So very special because you are, now I can speak about you, you for this, and this might launch us into it are doing, you know, this choreographed dance, pole dance with your beautiful belly, with your unborn child. So I know that's going to be super special, but we'll be able to, hopefully that'll be recorded. So when people hear this, they can have access because I think people are going to want to see that. I'm sure. Those are some of the particulars just to get a sense of Elizabeth in her life, but we're going to be focusing on It's going to connect to those aspects, but just how you are rewriting the mother code in your life in pre-pregnancy or conception and now pregnancy. And then, you know, we're going to be with you through the journey of of birth. So I'm super excited about that because get to check in with you on a monthly basis through it all is such a gift. But I I just want to turn it over to you, Elizabeth, and, and have you share what's on your heart and mind in this realm. And we'll be touching a lot of spaces that you've already been in and continue to be in. Over to you. Yeah. Thanks, Gertrude. Um, Gosh, there's, I often find that there's not really a lot of words. I could say a lot of words to try to describe what it is that I'm feeling and sensing and and experiencing. And sometimes it's like, I don't know what words to say. So that's, that's, I want to say that. First. Well, I and I love I just want to underline that because it's very feminine not to have words, right? Words are on our left side of our brain and they try and summarize and grasp, but I think you're pointing to how much of this experience is in the more ungraspable space and you know, and I always love referring to Jill Bolte Taylor, but you know, in our character 3 and 4 it's so much about not having words for it so that there won't be, but we'll, we'll do the best we can, you know, yeah, putting we'll put, it into we'll language. Some words, yeah. Some words will come out. And one of the great ironies of that is actually how many words exist in the, in the canon of all human thought and speech. Like I could read a medical textbook about pregnancy and motherhood. I could, you know, I could read an am reading like, a Montessori for Babies book on like, how are we going to raise this little being? And I could read a thousand blogs and I could read a million posts. And it's like some of them much more special and precious moments don't come from like consuming the words outside or even Mm -hmm. like trying to produce words, but it's just like experiencing like there's nothing (laughs) there's nothing quite like being kicked in the ribs and you know like from the inside there's nothing quite like it and and, like I can say the uh, that phrase but to like like really (laughs) really like be in that moment and and like marvel at the wonder Mm. of like there's a little being (laughs) there's a little being (laughs) who's exploring how miraculous Uh, how incredible that's amazing oh my gosh i do refer to little being as as a she but uh (laughs) she she was like really exploring last night and it's so funny even to my partner ryan and i've been married for six years now um, this will be our first, our first child. <laughs> there's so many things that I like, I want to share with him. And there's so many things that I do share with him as best I can, but I can't share that part. And, and I like, <laughs> I, I used to get like mad. Like, it's like, I'm going to just like press my belly against your body. And I'm like, see, can he, are you feeling anything? And I'm like, mm-hmm. I know that he is, but it's just, it's not the same. 
it's not the same and he can't feel everything that I'm feeling either. And it, it's not that he needs to. And, <laughs> but I do want to invite him on like on the journey of experiencing like, gosh, this is really something. This is really mm -hmm. something. There's nothing like being like being in a meeting or something and having like a little rumble of like, oh gosh, <laughs> something's happening. Something's happening for our little being. And it's precious. It's precious to experience. And then there's the changes in my body. Like you mentioned, I've been a pole dancer for 10 years, uh, 12 years actually, I think. And I've been doing that a long time. And I was very active and fit and healthy before that as well. And mm -hmm. Never have I ever <laughs> before now experienced so many body changes that mm. I didn't do on purpose. Oh. Like if I want to get stronger in a certain way, I can do an exercise program. If I want to change the shape of my body, I can change what and how I eat. If I want to change like my physical experience of of my lived day, I can change my sleep hygiene, you know, like I can do those things and I still can. And I still, mm -hmm. you know, still can do those things, but like, I'm not doing them, these ones on purpose or like, I mean, my body is, but I'm, I'm not consciously doing right. them. My body, right. the wisdom of my body is just like, like, well, it's now time for some different shapes. It's now yeah. time for some different sensations than you've ever felt. And I'm like, okay, I am trusting that that is right and good. And I get to have the, the experience of so far, it, it, I'm, I have the great blessing of like every medical appointment that I've been to, like every single one without exception so far. And like, I don't know if I need to knock on one or anything, but every single one They've said like, great, you look great. Everything's looking good. You look, you're healthy, progressing appropriately. Well done. See you in a while. And like, maybe there's some numbers and terms and like vocabulary. There's lots of that. Yep. There's plenty to learn. Lots of if I, if, if I were to care to learn and, and I have, it's mm -hmm. been fascinating because <laughs> uh, I've always had a, a hunger for learning, but yeah. there's just. It's so odd that my body is the environment for the creation of this being. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I'm not consciously doing anything. Wow. I'm like yeah, feeding people. myself. Right. Like no, you're sleeping. You know, yeah, you're parts. taking care, but you would be doing yeah. that anyway. I would be doing not that anyway. A baby grow in right. your body. <laughs> right. Right. So it's not because of that, that these things are happening. And I'm really struck by what you're saying, Elizabeth, and I love you underlining this point of, of, I don't know if it's like kind of a facet of the miracle of it all, but also how you're embracing it, because I think yeah. they go hand in hand. And I think there are a lot of women who, well, there's two things, right? a lot of what you pick up and read just talks about all of the discomfort and all of the yeah. issues and all of the, I'm going to call it victimhood around pregnancy. It is harder to find the celebration of it and, and the positive, but it's better, you know, that you could find them. I think you've found some, but I think if you're not, haven't worked or done any work and you could tell me if this is partly what's so for you. Well, one, you've been very in your body through dance but then yes. I think through your growth work, you've been connecting mm -hmm. your emotions to being in your body, you know, embodying your emotions through your body, like a whole next level of connection with your body where mm -hmm. I think it's made it safer to welcome the newness, right? I was hesitating sure. calling it discomfort, but it is, there's discomfort, you know, if we, if mm -hmm. we term it that way. And I likened it to you know, when you travel to a different country and things aren't the way they are in your home or your, you know, what you're used to and you're like, oh, and you complain about it, but you travel to that different mm. country to have a different experience, <laughs> right? Like to yeah. explore, right? So I want to underline that this choice that you're making, because it is a choice, you know, and I remember that at various points in my pregnancy to choose, you know, how I stepped into 
this next page. I know I shared this with you, but I, I don't know if I've shared it on air just as an example of just how much choice we have, because I'd have so many people say when I got to, you know, into my third trimester, like, well, you know, pretty soon you'll start waddling. I'm like, oh, all right. And there were other things, bad things that they said would happen. But, and suddenly I'm walking down the hall and I'm like, oh my God, I'm waddling. I'm like, you know what? I wonder if I have to waddle. Is that like part of it? Because that's what everybody's saying you do. But I'm like, I don't think I want to waddle. And so I stopped waddling. Like it just took a little extra conscious effort to, and it wasn't any more uncomfortable. You know, it didn't make things. I think our body just, you know, kind of defaulted to that, but that I do have some choice in how I'm experiencing it and how I want to live with it. And I know you've been having experiences like that as well. So I want to really underline several things about this point. Yeah, that resonates a lot. Gertrude, I've said that since since the beginning. Just like, I guess I don't mind the term discomfort mm-hmm. because it's outside of what's comfortable for yeah, me. Like the norm. my my right. comfort zone, you know. Yeah. You know, we know from coaching, like that's the game, and the game is like get uncomfortable. What is possible about <laughs> getting, you know when you get out of your comfort zone. Yeah. So, and it's the same with dancing. It's why I've enjoyed that my dance experience so much too. And and even like my other artistic experiences, it's like, what's the limit of this medium? What's the limit of my body right now? Can I stretch it? Can I lean into that? And like, it gets uncomfortable and like, that's okay. And I, I going toward the discomfort and, and embracing it is, is something that's, that I think has come from like both my artistic practice, but also like just my mental construct that I've worked on from Mm -hmm. doing my, my growth work. Yeah. Like, it's okay. (laughs) Sure. I like to be comfortable as much as the next person, but it's okay Mm -hmm. to be uncomfortable. In fact, it's, it's very growthful. Um, I love that. You know, cause I think that as you're saying that, you know, it evokes for me that the code is you're going to be uncomfortable and that's bad. And Uh, right. And how do I, avoid it versus what's it teaching me? What am I learning? How am I experiencing this? You know, when I stretch into it, like you're asking different questions about it than just accepting. I think, you know, what we hear a lot is like, well, you know, you just got to either like suck it up or be in this place of where the negativity of it versus, you know, the the potential and what's possible. And that's, that's what we want to rewrite. Yeah, that takes me <laughs> straight to mm-hmm. this is a little bit of like thinking into the future here, but it's, yeah. you know, when I was talking about my, when Ryan and I were talking about like, how do we envision this process going or being like, how do we mm-hmm. envision ourselves as we go? It's really been wonderful how thoughtful that we've been so far and like continue to be. We have, we have many, many areas of growth too, that we still are like, oh, wow, we are going to change some habits. <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be worth it. So, but the, the thing that I wanted to bring in, speaking of discomfort, speaking of the mother code is the, the old mother code is like avoiding discomfort. Mm-hmm. There's a part of the narrative that I've heard from my mother, from my aunts, from my women friends, go for the epidural. That is the advice is like, take the drugs. You don't need to feel that discomfort of the process of birth. And like, there was a part of me that had never, had never questioned that. that Yeah. It was just, that's what everyone says. That's yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense in many ways. Yeah. And my mom is like part of the medical, like she's in the medical profession. She works in a hospital. She's always been very pro, like use the technology we've got. And I've, I've, I've pushed back a little bit on that, but just a little bit over the years. And not until I was like, I was researching like, gosh, where are we going to give birth? How are we going to do that? Like I was, you no, know, I was opening my mind to think about how do I want that to go? Sure. And having a conversation with you and with, with others who don't go for like, avoid 
discomfort and pain at all costs, I found this local birth center that I was like, and I was really struck by their philosophy. And I was like, oh, wow. I'm not going to say it perfectly, but my impression of it is like women for generations have been giving birth without the intervention of Western medicine. And it's not like, like we have the tools available. Yes. And women are more strong, capable, resilient than they have even been led to believe. And I was just like, I just like felt my heart like leap Mm. out of my body for that. I was like, like, whoa, I want that. (laughs) I want to be empowered (laughs) with that. Yes. Yeah. 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 Like there's, you know, the, the model is like as little, as much intervention as is needed for safety and health as we see it, as we believe, but as little as necessary, Mm. as little as necessary. And like having the experience of, I've really been embracing natural childbirth, like as the direction that I want to go since I read that basically. And, and like, there's been other influences to other conversations and like, I watched Ricky Lake's documentary. I can't remember the name of it right now, but yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot that I've considered that is different Mm -hmm. than what I really grew up with. And also there's just like so many images in the media of like, this is a wretched, horrible experience. And, (laughs) and you might as well be drugged while you're undergoing this this torture. This torturous. Oh, I know so many things to say about that, Elizabeth, but I love you sharing (laughs) your journey and experience of it because, you know, everyone kind of comes as well, just, I guess, What I love also is having as many places as possible for women to know that there are options and it really behooves us to dig into them and make thoughtful options. And even if the thought of what you're saying, because I certainly had a lot of reactions when I chose to do a natural childbirth and home birth. So believe me, plenty of reactions like, oh my God, like, why would you do that? I could never do that. But I don't think people stop and think like, well, could I? And what is it? What is this experience to discern? And that's always what I'm really about is, yes, I think there's a lot of positives and advantages, but mostly I I want people knowing that and then making a choice, right? Because right now in our culture, it isn't even really a choice. It's so ingrained. I mean, it's probably really only about not even 75 years. I don't know, something like that, of this paradigm of pain medication, Mm. right? But unfortunately, what that did, and even if we want to alleviate some of the pain in some safe ways, it unfortunately then just kind of expands into that the whole experience is a medical event and an emergency, and it requires lots of intervention. You know, it's just everything (laughs) ripple effects from there. I know, I know. And it starts from so small, like, like when, okay, Get this, when I went into my, like, you know, early, early appointments with the midwives at the birth center, you know, I like had a printout or like I had lab charts I could like download or read or whatever. (laughs) The, The, like pregnancy is in the medical model. Pregnancy is a problem. Like it's literally on my paperwork. It was listed as a problem. I'm like, this is a problem. Wow. I I didn't know that. Like, yeah, it's like the reason for the patient visit is a different thing than like a problem, like the, or like a diagnosis practically like, oh my goodness. Like what is, I mean, yeah, yes, I'm pregnant and I'm fine. (laughs) I don't have a problem with this. As a matter um, of fact, I chose it and really worked to make it happen. Unlike typical medical problems where, you know, (laughs) and it's true that I don't, I wouldn't generally go, I get vaccines. I get like my, I have my well, my well woman exam. Mm -hmm. That's like preventative medicine, I guess, but still thinking it's even like preventative medicine or like a, like a health, like a checkup or something it's thought of, or like, I think of anyway, as like preventative medicine rather than like wellness Mm -hmm. (laughs) promoting 
it's like we're preventing something horrible rather than actually just like making sure you're uh, you're healthy and well which yeah <laughs> i i think my mom would be very disappointed that i have such skepticism of the medical model but i but i do well i was really just thinking about that given <laughs> you know your mom in the medical model and you making some different choices how is that going both for you to share that with her and what are feelings that you've had about that or interactions if you don't mind sharing Hi, I'm so excited to share with you my 2024 Spring Equinox Self-Mothering Retreat that's happening this March 2024, and I would love for you not only to consider it, but to attend. But in considering it, hey, just knowing that you would be leaving cold weather if that's the space that you're in and coming down to just magnificently beautiful, warm, nourishing place of Zihuatanejo, Mexico. Zihuatanejo, meaning land of the goddess women, and coming to really take time for yourself, okay? And that I am learning more and more isn't just a nice thing to do or something extravagant or something selfish. It's essential. And I really want you to take it seriously to consider, you know, just think about what would it take for me to go? It's a five and a half day retreat getting from where you are, getting there, landing there, and then being in a space that is all about you. It's all about nourishing you. It's all about tuning into you, using everything around us, the nature, the food, the beautiful people, the rituals, ceremonies. I bring it, you know, we really bring it. And we go deeper and deeper as the days go on and we release, we let go, we bring in what is nourishing, what is empowering, what is that space of just really divine feminine energy. And we do it in the community of women. It's not for everyone, I will be honest. You know, if the idea of leaving and not making it work or it's just too hard, not for you. If the idea of, you know, spending that amount of time inwardly focused and going to that level of self-awareness doesn't sound like something you're willing to do or put the time and energy into, then it's not for you. And it's good to know that, right? So this is for people who are serious about what it means to mother themselves, what it means to take time for ourselves and that gift and what that gift can bring to us. It was originally right after my fall retreat, it filled right up. But now some people, it turns out, are not able to come. So I do have a handful of openings. And if you're listening to this and you're willing to take that step, please reach out to me. We can do a discovery call or you can put a deposit down. I would love that. And you can do that by going to my website, www.drgertrudelyons.com. Go to events and there you go. It'll all be there. There's a beautiful page there for you to explore. I look forward to hearing from you and then seeing you on my spring retreat. We've just really started talking about it pretty recently. And and like I get the my sense, and I have more conversations to have with my mom about this, to be very clear. But mm-hmm. my sense so far is that my mom's just like surprised. Like, mm-hmm. oh, oh, she's not like dismissed any of the choices that I made. She's just like, oh, I didn't expect that. Like, oh, I wouldn't have imagined that. Like, yeah, I know. <laughs> and like, that's fine. Like, that's literally, she's literally been like working in hospitals for her whole career since I was born and, and even before then, but yeah, like that sort of (laughs) she, and, and she said as much as, you know, reporting for like one of her sisters was asking, she was like, what is Elizabeth doing with the, I'm like, like, yeah, I don't know. It's not like it's a secret. That's the thing too, is like, I've not been as like, upfront and sharing mm-hmm. actively with my family of origin. Cause I also just, I also don't want to explain myself 20 times <laughs> either, but like, I really do want my mom to know me, to know me. And yeah. in a way that I want to be like, especially now as an adult, mm-hmm. like it's one thing <laughs> when she's literally the woman who raised me. So like, she has a lot of very deep insights to how I came to be who I had been, but 
but I've been out of her house for a hot second now and mm -hmm. I've grown a lot and I am categorically a different person than when I was in my 20s, early mm -hmm. 20s. So, um, so in so many ways, it's not surprising, but it doesn't mean there aren't those tugs, you know, when we go to share something that we know is so out of her paradigm, yeah. you know, and her world. And uh, literally, I was thinking, as you were saying it, it's, it's kind of like saying like, well, I was raised in a certain religious platform or, you know, and, and yeah. that's how we have always operated. And I'm on my own and now I'm choosing something else. It's like, wait, what? You know, <laughs> this is just what mm -hmm. we do. Yeah. And especially, so I know you've worked a lot at looking at, well, what the feelings that might come up when you share this, how do I stay with myself? What do I, you know, that, cause we regress around our families, right? It's our initial wiring. And we're, when we're making choices outside that wiring, we do, we can easily default and that's okay. It's just, it, can we catch ourselves and bring ourselves back to ourselves in this moment? Right. And I think that happens so much through, well, in so many ways in our lives, you know, as adults sure. with our parents. But I think this one's particularly evocative for that. And we can get and be at various stages in such vulnerable places that, you know, some of what our behaviors were when we were coping with stress as we were growing up are going to show up and like, oh, okay. Like we can sometimes even forget everything we've learned in our growth. You know, like, but so having people around us and just know that that's okay too. You know, we're going to do whatever we need to take care of ourselves. And then eventually we'll start back realigning to where mm. we've grown into. Yeah. I was kind of told like early on, cause I was very deep in, a, in my growth work and that like, well, you're going to regress. And it was like a bad thing. So I'm like, I'm not going to regress. Like, well, that doesn't work. Right. <laughs> So now I've kind of come to this middle ground. Like, I think it's good to be aware pretty much anytime we're around our families of origin, like changes and shifts that we make can get a little wobbly and, you know, we can revert and whether we're around them or not, when we're in stressful situations or new and uncomfortable situations, you know, those might be our default mechanisms. And, you know, oh, I always totally. advocate that we have people around us that can help us remember and just, you know, trusting that we'll we'll get there. We'll get back to ourselves and what oh, our, yeah. these, this new wiring is. So we may be really clear right now, sitting in this spot, like what I I've rewired, know. you know, <laughs> but I'm not sitting there, you know, a week post birth with this new baby and things and all the stuff that's happening just to know like, yeah, that's going to be a whole new adventure. We can't totally be prepared for it, but everything that you're talking about and making each one of these decisions for yourself and then staying with it and trusting you helps you, you know, when, as the pressure builds or as, I don't know. Yeah. Well, as the, as the process increase, progresses, yeah. yeah. It's like, it wasn't until I was think I was pregnant and actually like really hearing and seeing things like a little differently. Yeah. Um, for that reason, I, someone referenced the forest trimester and I was like, mm. oh, yeah. right that's an important part of both baby's development and mine and yes. like like mine and and my partner say more about that because you've been exploring options for that and, and yeah in recent conversations we've had if you don't mind kind of sure sharing what that exploration's been like I think I want to say first that there were times when I like was not even wanting to think about it, mm -hmm. um, even like in, in early pregnancy in particular, you know, like there's a, plenty of things that I can be attentive to. You could even stay concerned about in like the present moment, let alone looking like almost a year into the future. But I think I did a decent job. Like what I was really trying to do was protect myself from creating extra anxiety that I didn't need at yeah. the time. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I'm glad that I did that. I was sure. like, oh God, I could read about, I could read about nipple trauma right now. <laughs> <laughs> There's plenty to read about it. <laughs> but but that's not that. Let's take a step back from like you could doom scroll pregnancy pretty oh hard. Gosh, yeah. Um, pregnancy and, and newborn life and even parenting, I'm sure. So I'm sure there's plenty available that I could 
create anxiety about. But when we think about, when I say we, I mean, Ryan and I, mm-hmm. when we're thinking about fourth trimester, that's like, like, okay, this has come to me in stages too. Like it didn't really occur to me as a thing until one of my early inklings was like someone, one of my peers who is a mother said, oh yeah, I had all these plans around my birth. I had all these plans around birth, but I didn't have plans around breastfeeding. And I wish I had Mm. is what she said. And I was like, okay, Mm. I was like, cool. And like, one of the things that I'm doing now with Brian is like, we have picked our, you know, like picked out and bought and are taking a course on breastfeeding. Cause I'm like, you know what? I don't know anything about breastfeeding, but I'd like to do that if I can. (laughs) So let, let me learn from someone who has helped people do this. Cause like, do I, to an extent, I like, it'd be nice to keep trusting like my body to just like do things. But like once the baby's out in the world and there's like, I am choosing (laughs) where and how to hold and put and dress and like all these things to that my body's not just doing automatically. If that's a level of preparedness that helps set me up for success, I'm going to go for it. Sure. That's one thing. Just like thinking into like, (laughs) Oh my goodness. I'm just thinking back, sorry, this thought, this memory, my very first prenatal appointment with the birth center midwives, they asked this question, just like, it was like a first meeting, Ryan was there, and it was kind of like an interview, and the question was, how are you going to feed your baby? And I was like, (laughs) uh, we were like 10 weeks pregnant, I'm like, I don't know, we're going to feed them baby food? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like oh I, I do want to breastfeed like that's yes breast breast milk well, that's what we're talking about <laughs> is, oh, that what, okay. is that what you mean <laughs> but I mean those kinds of questions I think are like they perpetuate through very much of a young child's development like yeah I've just done a little dabbling of looking at like okay What's some of the thinking lately around introducing salad foods after blah, 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 weaning, blah, 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 blah. There's a hundred thousand things. And, and like, the more I can focus on, like, what is it that I want to (laughs) choose? Like, I would like to breastfeed. And I, gosh, if people talk about childbirth with Mm. a lot of anxiety glasses, Breastfeeding is also way on the list of like, way, oh man, yep. people are so free to tell me and like, and, and it's a blessing and a curse. People are so mm-hmm. free to tell me like, oh, I had a horrible time breastfeeding. I'm like, oh, okay. I guess I won't be taking advice from you then. Right. <laughs> and like, it's one thing for people to share their experience. And I think that's a thing that I, that I don't want to, to squash is like people sharing their experience and I also want to create a sense like I can do this I am capable of doing this thing that again women have been doing for generations before Mm me I'm going yes is it maybe is it overkill for me to like take a whole course on it I don't know but gosh I'm gonna just freaking try isn't that crazy that that we would even think like we learn about so much stupid crap, you know, in our, in our upbringings. Right. And so much useless. Inf- I'm going to say useless, like things that get us to yeah. think are fine. Right. They don't, they don't have to be applicable or whatever, but somehow, and this is one of those big, more universal myths that I'd love to explode, which is that you're just <laughs> supposed to know how to do this. You know, supposed oh, to know. a good mother knows DNA. it's just so natural and you know, exactly what to do and how to do. Well, we're not living in those environments where we've been watching and around our mothers or our sisters or a lot of other women going through it to just to witness what it is. So we do have, of course, we should be learning about it, right? Of course, in our culture, like that's a a window in. And then we have to make choices once we've, you know, I like, I think still think it's good to get some different perspectives on it. And but you're also bringing up like, but that's your choice to step in. 
But first of all, I just have to underline the like, oh my God, am I crazy to like do a course before it's heck no. Right. Like, and you're still, you'll come into your situation and you'll be like, nothing right. I learned. It seems to be applying here. And that might happen, <laughs> but it doesn't matter. You're, you're, you're giving yourself some knowledge, some awareness. And mm -hmm. then, and I think, you know, when we're making the choices or when people are coming at us with like, I really like to support women to have a few things to say if you really don't want their whole mm. negative story. Like sometimes, you know, with people, it can be useful to kind of learn, you know, some pitfalls and that to like look for. But if I'm sensing that this is just a big dump and complaint and I don't know, really not going to serve me that I can say, you know, I'm going to stop you right there. And if you could give me a bottom line, like what was your issue? And then if I run into that issue, I know I can come back to you. But right now mm. I'm just really wanting to hold a, you know, positive outcome space for myself. So, you know, yeah. something like that, I'm not saying it has to be exactly it has to fit you and what it is, but so often we'll just, oh, I guess this is part of it just to listen to women's complaining and, and I want to make that distinction and you know, this very well as a, as a coach and for your own personal work, but there's a difference when a woman's sharing her story and she's in it and parts of it were hard and painful and she's sharing that mm -hmm. and you're with her and you kind of sense that she's even going, maybe healing from sharing it with you versus the like, well, let me tell you, you know, the <laughs> it's, it's horrible. And yeah. You're don't gonna, bother breastfeeding. Uh, it's not going to work. Yeah, don't even do it. They say that it doesn't help anyway, you know, and just launching into that. Those are two very different come froms. And I think us feeling safe to sort those out for ourselves and, and have some boundaries and practicing that now before we jump in, because there'll be plenty of unsolicited advice on how to raise your child. So I hear, <laughs> <laughs> so I understand. <laughs> well, oh anything goodness. else you want to share that's kind of on your mind right now with what you're, you know, what's in your sphere, or if it's something from the past that you want to make sure, you know, kind of gets spoken about mm. what you've been learning and what you've been either rewriting or exploring for yourself. And then I'll yeah. have one thing that I, I think is really interesting that is about how we're talking today mm. <laughs> I mentioned to you the other day like the that birth center that I talked about like I got a call from them two days ago literally two days ago that I won't be able to give birth in the birth center like I was hoping mm. and planning and I was really upset to get that phone call and understand um Actually, today, a little bit later today, I have like, you know, the person who's at the head of the birth center, like they're going to take me on uh, me and, and Ryan on a tour of like the a room in the hospital that they partner with, like in case you want to use that as an option. And like, I'm not totally closed to that. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I just I want to have the impression of like being in the space. What is that like? Yeah. But at the same time, like Ryan and I have been like, well, maybe we're going toward home birth, actually. Mm -hmm. And I was reading up on like, gosh, if we go home birth, which I hadn't been researching, I'm like, gosh, you know, it's well, a whole, you were sad. You had you had a situation had, that you felt really good about. Plan. Turns out even that, you know, that plan had to be written in pencil and like time to draft a new plan. And, yeah. and that's the thing too, is like, I really am intending to have a really, and I do mean the word wonderful in its original intent, a wonderful experience mm -hmm. and uh, one that I choose as much as is possible and that I am positively influencing as much as is possible. And when I say wonder, I really do mean like, it's also mysterious, like, yeah, like what? <laughs> what you doing in there? <laughs> Are you ready? <laughs> Not yet. I know nope, you gotta okay. cook. You gotta cook longer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Ryan has been saying this since the beginning that he's actually been way more sure and certain about this than I have. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but he's like, I trust you and the baby to do what needs to be done, have a great time, 
have an intelligent experience and like you're both smart and strong and healthy and it's all going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everything that needs to happen is going to well, happen. And super empowering of him for sure. And holding yeah. that, holding that space and pull as you, you know, maybe wonder and, or, you know, gets a little scared mm-hmm. and all that, like, nope. Yeah. It's been really it's great beautiful. to have as a partner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here, here. We get to meet monthly now for a bit. So I won't ask Yay. you this every time, but since I do ask every guest, I'll ask it this first time that we're gathering. And that is what does rewrite the mother code mean to you? Rewriting the mother code. It speaks to me even more deeply than you know this very, very well. It's like reimagining, redefining, reclaiming what it means to be a woman, what it means to be like a feminine presence and and being embodied in this world now Mm -hmm. and it does mean both looking with with love and also with sometimes critical love at what has been or what we've been handed or what such and so says and really looking toward what is it that I would like to create here what Mm -hmm. is it that I that I am really hungry to create or express or be or become. Mm. I rewrote some lyrics to a song the other week and it's Mm. the first line as I've always thought that women were the source of all creation. (laughs) You want to sing it? Oh gosh. (laughs) I've always thought that women were the source of all creation. Oh my gosh. I'm like, I have goosebumps everywhere and I'm tearing up. Oh, it's so beautiful, Elizabeth. Thank you. I hear that as a mantra for you and maybe that's how you've been using it, but I felt moved and, but also soothed. I was like, Oh, (laughs) I don't know if you're writing more to that, but I, maybe we could hear the whole thing at some point. Yeah, we could, we could, uh, we could, it is mostly a very comical video, but that line is probably the the most serious part of the whole thing for me. Mm. Well, I think all of it is, is good. And I love you and your creative mode and yeah. Um, also realize I hadn't heard you sing in a while and I'm like, oh, so beautiful. <laughs> so good. <laughs> so, so Thanks, good. Catherine. Thank you so much. Thank you so, so much for this, your time, this space and being willing to, I mean, I feel it's always a privilege, you know, to sit with you and, you know, with my coaches and be on their journey. But now, you know, that others get to hear, I'm thrilled. I'm just thrilled and grateful. So thank you so, so much. And we'll see what's happening in your life about a month from now. All right. Sounds perfect. Thanks, Gertrude. Sure. Wow. Oh my gosh. I am still vibrating from that session and particularly there at the end where she sang just a couple phrases from a song that she was rewriting words to and lyrics she was writing, rewriting words to. And I was covered in goosebumps and tears came to my eyes because there was just, and that was when I was asking her what rewrite the mother code means to her. So, so beautiful. And I want to underline a couple things and we were really really trying to hone in on on some aspects, but want to get that general sense that there's no choice or decision in our lives that isn't worth, you know, some reckoning with. And oftentimes it's ones that we don't even know we should be reckoning with. And I think Elizabeth brought that up given, you know, she was, her mom's a nurse. She's always been around, you know, the Western medicine model and, you know, without other people in her atmosphere that would talk about other options. And then when we were in conversation, me sharing other options, we don't know that they're there. So it really takes some awareness and consciousness to engage and have intention and trust any little inkling or nuggle that we have, or, you know, somebody sharing alternative ways that aren't the norm to not just dismiss them. Like, well, I already know what I'm doing or, but to stop at some moments and, reflect and look at like what, oh, you mean there is another way? Or I think 
And sometimes it's not somebody sharing. You just have an idea like, this seems weird, but like, maybe there's another way to do some of this stuff and some aspects, you know, whatever aspect of it is. This one was about her deciding how she's, how and where she's going to give birth. But there's so many, like, that's a big one. And then there's like lots of little ones along the way. And, you know, I consider those kind of practice ground for the big ones and when we need to make the big ones around where we want to birth. And then within the birth, how, and when it's happening, you know, how do I keep true to that decision I made and keep myself safe? And, you know, we want to really build those muscles and really build the rewiring and have new wiring laid down as strongly as possible. And then in the throes of it, when we revert to our old wiring, I think that was important to underline too. That's okay, right? This isn't what I never want someone to feel like is, oh my gosh, well, she's, this happened to her, right? She had her ideal birth as far as she knew, like set up with this birth center where it's the next best thing to a home birth if you're inclined to that. But you know, you're in a setting that has things available right there to have practiced that muscle, like, oh, how am I going to deal with this upset? So that when it doesn't go exactly as planned or what your ideal is to allow yourself to have feelings about that, not just like, oh, well, but also it isn't about having it perfect or, you know, that there's a right way to do it and that we can sit and be with whatever the outcome is. And no matter what, you know, you will have an experience and that experience is, is going to be what it, <laughs> what it's meant to be I'm not saying it's destiny, so to speak, but I will then have that to reckon with. And it might go exactly as planned and better and everything in between, right? To the, didn't go anything as planned, but wow, what did go down? I have, I have had an experience and that's what we want is to really fully have the experience. So you're getting a taste of, you know, the journey I I take people on, but women in this particular instance around birth, but this exploration and really critically thinking for ourselves, having our emotions, making decisions, you know, that really feel ring true based on, you know, data and information that's available to us. So do that in any and all ways possible. And if you'd like to do it with me, obviously I would love that. And I, I love it. It's always such an honor and I get to keep doing my work <laughs> right along with you. So blessings. If you haven't signed up for my newsletter yet, for goodness sake, please do because lots of good things coming up and I love being able to share with more and more. So if you already have, share it with someone else. All right. Thanks and blessings on your day. Thank you so much for choosing yourself and taking the time to listen to this podcast. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe to Mother. Wait, no, subscribe to Mother Her. It helps other people who need this message, aka all women, well, actually everybody, men included, find it. I'm honored to have you on this journey in mothering yourself. Remember, change is uncomfortable, but it's beautiful, and it starts with us. And if you can't wait until next week's episode, follow me on Instagram and LinkedIn at Dr. Gertrude Lyons or at my website, drgertrudelyons.com. I'll see you next time.